Um, it's kind of been a long time coming. We've been talking about getting former members um, on a video and, and doing some interviews. And so today we're actually gonna do that. Um, today we have um, Jordan Young um, on and he was a, a 15 year member of the World Mission Society Church of God. And so today we got him here. He's, he's uh, uh, come on to talk to us and kind of share some of his story. And so, yeah, I think um, uh, kind of what, what my desire for this is, is really just to inform people. Um, we're just talking to Jordan and, and kind of saying, you know, it's one thing for me and Jesse to sit here and, and tell you about the church and tell you about the things that are wrong about it um, from the outside, but we've never been in the church. But then to talk to somebody who has been involved in the church for the majority of his life, um, there's a whole nother level of credibility and so as he's talking today, I would just really encourage you, um, especially members of the church, just to listen to what he has to say. Um, and I've, you know, I've watched a couple of his videos and, and um, you can just tell that he, he's a humble guy. He's not just out to get people. He's not just out to slander the church. He's not, he's not trying to lie about him. He's just kind of, he just speaks just plainly what, what his, what his story was and what his experience was. And, and um, he doesn't he doesn't really err on either uh, an overly negative side or overly positive side. He just he just kind of tells it how it is. And and so, yeah. So, Jordan, thank you for coming on today. Hey, guys, what's, what's going on? And also, man, what a great name. Jordan. <laughs> it's, that's D.A.N. too, right? Is that? Is yeah, that? yeah. D-A-N. OK, yeah. <laughs> Our moms had the had had the right idea, I think. Exactly. Yeah. Well, yes, exactly. Um, well, yeah, thank you for coming on today. Um, and so I think up front, tell people where can they find your videos? Cause you've put out some videos already about the church, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you can pretty much search, um, WMSCOG cult. I mean, and it will be probably one of the first 10 results. Um, my name is Jordan Young, of course, so you can search my name in there. Uh, I've made sure that, you know, people can find my videos by searching my name. You know, Jordan, Jordan Young, WMSCOG, Colt, something like that. They'll be able to find the videos pretty easily. Great. Cool. Well, um, let's, I think really quick, I don't, um, we don't have to spend a ton of time on this specific question, but one, one of the first questions we wanted to ask you is, um, I guess just kind of a, a, like a summary of what the story is of how you became involved in the church initially. And I know you said you were pretty young when you, yeah. when you joined. And so kind of what's the story there? What, what, what happened to get you involved in the church? Yeah. So basically it was a random Sunday afternoon and me and my younger brother and my grandmother, we were out shopping on one, you know, just one afternoon. And at the time we were living in Eaglewood, California. Um, and we we're just doing our shopping that day. And then as we were about to go home, literally as we were about to step into our car, this, um, this lady, and she had her two younger daughters with her, I guess they were shopping as well. And she was just running up to us, like just yelling, like, stop, stop, stop. Like, well, you know, I have something to show you and whatever. And then, you know, I was so young, of course. And all I remember is they're just talking about the Bible, you know. And then next thing you know, uh, we're on our way 
I'd say about an hour trip up north wow. <laughs> to some church um, located in Southland, California. Um, and I just remember getting there around the afternoon time and we just got baptized. And I, I just remember um, there being a lot of Asian people <laughs> in the church. You know, I, I didn't know what a Korean was at that young age. Uh, so I was like, well, I was a lot of Chinese people. <laughs> you know, I was such a young child. Yep. Yeah, so I, I thought it was strange. It was, it was different, of course, you know, yep. from the churches that we've been to before. So it was, it was really different. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what, how it started. You know, my grandmother met one lady, stopped her in the, in the you know, in the process of us going home. And she just, you know, preached to her about the doctrine, you know, Sabbath day, Passover, God mm-hmm. the Mother, whatever. And next thing you know, we were, we were baptized. Wow. And I just, and I, that's the only thing I remember really, just uh, the seeing what kind of people were in the church, you know, mostly Asian, and the baptism as well. And I thought when I was being baptized under the name of Anzang Hong, I was under, again, young mind. I yeah. was under the impression that that's how you said God in Chinese. Wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah, you said that was my, it was my, you and your mom and your a sibling or that joined the church. Say that again. Who who was it that joined the church? What, it was you and your was mom. Me, me and my grandmother. Your grandmother. Okay. My younger brother. Okay. Yeah. And so, would you say that your grandmother had much of a biblical knowledge at that time? Yeah, I mean. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not sure if she was really like uh, very knowledgeable about the Bible, mm-hmm. per se. Um, but I do know that she was looking for a church. Okay. Um, she was going to many churches. Uh, uh, she was. She even went to. We even went to one church where it, it was one of those churches where it was televised. Oh like yeah. One of those Sunday churches on television. <laughs> um, and yeah, we just went to so many churches. Um, but we lived a normal life, you know, before that point, you know, we lived um, just a, a normal life. She wasn't really like too focused on trying to study the Bible, but she, you know, she was at a point where she, where she was looking for a church and, oh. you know, she happened to be approached by this one lady who, who preached her about, you know, what, what made it seem like the Bible made so much sense. You know, she right. thought the Bible may have made so much sense when this lady was, was talking to her, yep. was preaching to her about it. So, yeah. That was the end of that, and ever since then it was boom. Every single Saturday, every single every single Tuesday, all the feasts of God that they teach never missed one. Yeah, you know. So it was yeah, and nonstop. That was that was uh, you know that was the beginning of it, and up until when I left 2018 November, it was just nonstop. Cool. Okay. Well, hey, I wanted to, so I want to ask you a question, but before I ask that question. I feel like this would be wise for people. This question is going to be for people who are on the edge right now, um, who are looking into these things, watching our videos. Um, so before you say this to them, could you, and I don't know what it would be, whatever comes to your mind, what do you think they would need to hear from you to know that you were actually a member? Uh, it could just be two or three things. Just something to, before they hear my next question, that they know, okay, he must have been in if he knows this. Well, I still know the, I, okay, I know they teach, they teach the 13 teachings of mother. Okay. There's 13 teachings of mother. I didn't that know that. <laughs> members were required to memorize. Mm. 
so I think I still have those fresh in my memory. Really? <laughs> yeah. What are they? It was like. Um, you don't have to do all 13. Okay, the first one is it is more blessed to give love than to receive, as God always gives love. Uh, um, I think, like, the, the second one is when we give glory to God, the glory returns to us. The third one is a beautiful mind has no hate but brings forth a perfect love. Um, number 13 is even God didn't come to be served, but to serve. Wow. When we serve one another without wanting to be served, God will be pleased. So. I think uh, that's good. I think you just proved. Wow. Yeah, they're in your head. That's good. Awesome. Thanks. I just, before I ask this, I wanted people to know. So my question. Oh, yeah, that, they'll definitely see that. Yeah. So my question is uh, not even like a, I, I don't know. I had this in my heart driving over here. I was like thinking, what would be a good question to ask him for people since we're getting all these emails today? Um what would you speak to somebody right now? Not even like a combative, like this is why the church is wrong, but more just what would you say from your heart with maybe the peace you feel now being out of it to somebody who's like on the edge, they're doubting it, and they're watching this video right now. What would you speak to them? Yeah. Well, one big thing is it's already proven that the church has gone after people in like trying to sue them for speaking out against the church, you know? And that if someone knows the Bible, if anyone knows the Bible, that's a huge no-no, <laughs> right? And yeah. I think it's like in First Corinthians or something like that. Yeah, um, that's right. Where you should not sue your neighbor. Yeah. So already that's, you know, something like suing someone, that's like, that's a huge red flag already. Like you're trying to sue someone. Someone for speaking, speaking out, you know, whistleblowing, you know, whistleblowing yeah. against the church. So I would really want people to see that, like, yeah, this church actually trying to sue people for speaking out against right. the church. Like, <laughs> just, yeah. that's like, that's a huge red flag. That's, I mean, how do you dispute that? How do you dispute that? And yeah. the interesting thing about that is that even in First Corinthians, Paul is telling this to like individual believers in the church. He's telling them to not sue one another in court. And and yeah. so the world mission society is really taking it to a worse and more intense level because it's the the ruler, like the the lead people. It's the organization itself that is doing the suing. It's not just the members exactly. within the group. It's actually like this is the leadership saying this is how we operate. If people say things that are wrong exactly. about us, we're going to retaliate. And if you compare that to exactly. just just Jesus, compare yeah. that to Jesus's life. Yeah. People were punching yeah. him in the face and ripping his beard out, and he just said, "Father, exactly. forgive them." He didn't say, "Father, mm -hmm. sue them, sue Father, them, take know, them to court, get them back." Yeah. Like like they're they're you know he trusted his father Let's to take care of his yes kids. Yeah. exactly yeah so yeah that's a good point awesome uh, another one would be like uh, the the Roman Society Church of God likes to boast about their awards so much oh. you know and I know in Matthew six one. You know, it says, you know, try to do your good deeds in silent. Mm -hmm. You know, don't try to basically don't throw all your words out there into the world to let them see. Like, yeah. And that's what the church does. Like, they have so many videos. They have, once you, if you ever walk into a church, like, one of the first things that you'll see are, uh, like, plaques on the wall of, like, many awards and certificates yeah. that they've received. You know, trying to, of course, gain validation from right. the of course. So, that's another that's another thing yeah. you know Jesus taught in Matthew 6, six uh, verse 1 you know to do your good deeds in silence right. yeah. try not to chill them yeah. out yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he talks about like if you if you do your rewards and like you sound a trumpet and all that and you like make a big deal and a show about it like 
he says, then you've had your, your reward. Like basically your reward is, is yeah. that mm-hmm. it's that experience. It's not going to come from God because right. he's seeing that in your heart, you're not doing it for him. Yeah. And that's interesting because yeah. yeah. me and Jesse have been yeah. the, the local church here. We've, we've been in there. Uh, we were in there multiple times. We've gone to visit until we eventually got kicked out. Um, by the the deacon, I think is yeah. what they call him. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so, um, which is understandable. I mean, yeah. I don't. I'm not like talking against the guy. Like I, I he wasn't mean. He politely yeah. asked us to leave. And if I was yeah. in his position, yeah, I would kick us out too. Probably. Um, we weren't. We weren't being rude or anything. But he just saw us as a threat. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah. I think almost every time we went in the church, one of the first things they would do is they'd say, "Have you seen our wall? Have yeah. you seen the the Queen's Award? Have yeah. you seen the plaques on the wall?" And, yeah. and the Queen's Award. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, so. Anyways, yeah, there's definitely some issues there with, with yeah. the suing and the, the boasting that both of those things that, you know, by, by, by the fruit, you will know what kind of tree it is, yeah. you know. And exactly. so when you're seeing that sort of fruit um, from, from the group, it, yeah, it's kind of telling. Yeah. Um, I actually have a random question. Yeah, go ask for it. Um, so you were in there from six years old? About, Man, that's the that's got to be the. This is the first time we've met anybody that was a kid that entered it. Um, so you probably did a lot of evangelizing, a lot of going out. I'm curious. Yeah. Um, was there an age where you started questioning, and then also was there ever any time you ran into somebody who said challenged you guys, and it actually made you go home and be like, "Oh snap, I don't have an answer to that." Or I, I just curious, did anybody ever respond to you in a way that caused you guys to trip up a little bit? You know, so to, to answer your question, so I started going out evangelizing when I was about 15 years old, which is very unusual in the church because uh, they usually want you to start when you're 18. Oh, um, They usually want you to start evangelizing when you're 18 years old just for any type of legality or something like that. And, but the reason why I was able to go when I was 15 is because I was like six feet tall and... <laughs> I had looked older, yeah. <laughs> you know. I had, I had looked, I had looked the part. So um, I was thankful at the time that I was able to go, since I was like 15, 16 years old. And yeah, there was a few times where I'll be going to like UCLA, I'll be going to USC to go to go evangelize. Uh, um, there were countless of times where we've ran into people who basically challenged us on on a level where. I've never really challenged myself, you know, mm-hmm. in the belief because I grew up in it. Um, yep. But the thing is, is that I was so into, I was so into the WMSCOG doctrine that I just, I just, like it never crossed my mind that yeah. I was wrong. You know, it never, yeah. it just never crossed my mind that, you know, that, um, that what this person is saying could be right. Yeah. Because Ansel Ho came and he brought us the correct truth 100%, and he revealed God the Mother, and that's that. Like, there's nothing that can, can, you know, deter me from that belief. But what I would say is that I'd say around 2013, 2014, I started to do my own research online about the church. Before you did, can you. Sorry, uh, what made you start doing that? And then. So what made me start doing it was just curiosity. Okay. I was just curious. Okay. I was just uh, 
I just wanted to see what people were saying about the church. Yeah. And of course, at the time when I was doing my research online, uh, I felt guilty because yeah. the church teaches that you're eating from the tree of knowledge of the evil, right? So I felt, of course, deep down inside, I didn't want to feel like it, but I felt like I was disobeying God. You know, was, I was acting like Adam and Eve who took from the tree of knowledge of the evil out of curiosity. Um, so I was doing my research, right? And I would just read everything and be in denial. Like, no, that's not true. That can't be true. Like, the church could never sue anyone. Like, that's yeah. that, that can't be possible. Or God can't God can't lie. You know about about like having children. Or mm. God can't lie about there being a, not being God the mother, not being the, the existence of God the mother. But um, you're referring to Ong Song Hong's book. Yeah, yeah. So it was just I was creating all these excuses in my head, uh, really being in denial, not wanting to believe the things that I was reading. And from that point, it was like off and on, off and on. I was reading stuff online, seeing what people were saying about the church, um, and then all those all those things that I was reading, all the things that I was learning online, I, I just kind of like stored it in my head somewhere. I blocked it away somewhere. Uh -huh. um, never really questioned any leaders in the church. Uh, because I knew I was going to get like rebuked for looking online, right? <laughs> you know, like if I would have asked, then they'll be like, "Oh, how'd you find this out?" And I'm like, "Oh, because I saw this, you know, yeah. on a YouTube video, or I saw this on the Examining WMSCOG website," and then I would automatically get rebuked and I would be looked down upon. So I didn't want to do that. But yeah, that's that's pretty much how it all started. How how doubts kept slowly, slowly but surely kept you know, creeping into my head. Okay. So obviously we're going to want to hear how you were ultimately led to to leave the church. But before that, um, I guess just kind of tell us like about your experience in the church. Um, uh, I, I mean, I know I know there's good things. Like we won't deny that there's good parts about the church. There's good good people in there. You know, there's there's sincere people like you. And this is what we say to members like regularly is like we're not we're not speaking against you guys. Like we think you're just purposely out to yeah. deceive people and and like you you know you're just right. like we believe like the the only people I'm really mad at is people like the the Jew Jew. Kim, whatever the dude's name so is. Kim. Yeah, yeah. yeah what, like people like yeah. that, where it's like that dude, that dude is evil. I believe, like I sincerely believe yeah. he, he's evil, and and, and he knows right. what he's doing. The uh, Zongil Ja, she knows what she's doing. She knows exactly. she's not God. People coming to visit her, members, and she doesn't even know her name. I've heard stories about members exactly. who went to visit her, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. who? What do you do? What's your name?" And it's like. What are you serious? Yeah. You don't know my name. Yeah, yeah. And so oh. stuff like that, like see, like that kind of stuff, that makes me mad. And, and right. um, but but the members, like members listening to this conversation, like I, I don't, I don't think for one second that they're they're purposely deceiving people. I don't think that was you. So there's good people right. in the church, they're... right? Yeah. Oh yeah. There's amazing people in the church. Like. Um... It was, it, well, to speak about my experience, and I'll get into, like, how the people are in the church, which is, you know, not a negative at all, but, um, yeah, from when I was a child, I had made a ton of uh, lifelong friends, you know, that I knew that were in the church, um, because I didn't have a lot in common with kids outside of the church, 
you know, because I couldn't celebrate like Halloween, yeah. Christmas. Um, I couldn't do certain things on Saturdays, you know, to hang out with my friends or anything like that. Then, of course, my friends, my only friends were really the ones that were in the church, you know. So, and then as I was growing up in the church, I came across the, the I came across having a lot of like nightmares because in I'd say from the time of like between 2004 and 2012 it was really getting heated up about the the talk about the end of the world the talk about you know father is about to come and bring his children back to heaven right um, so things like that can kind of be like be really unhealthy for a child to go through you know because we were being shown videos about like a nuclear war going to yeah. happen soon, like World War Three, um, possibly a meteor, a meteor striking the Earth or something like that. And these things were, you know, being taught to everyone in the church, including mm. the children. So I found myself having like nightmares about yeah. the end of the world, nightmares of me like not making it to heaven because I was being a bad kid, mm. you know. Wow. <laughs> so that was like a, a real thing that when I was in the church as a child, you know. Speaking for even current children that are still in the church right now, like there's many children, there's many kids that could be going through the same thing. Yeah, you know, because it's still going on right now. Like, yeah, father can come any day. You got to make sure you're on your best behavior. You're you're doing your best for father and mother, and trying to store up as many blessings as possible. And if you don't, then you know you're gonna end up on the wrong. <laughs> you can end up on the wrong side. Yeah, know? and it doesn't matter what age you are. Like you, you could be, you know, a child. You can be an elderly person. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, like the people that I've met in the church, they're they, they're all amazing. You know, there's of course a few bad apples, but yeah. for the most part, I I made like really strong lifelong friends in the church. And what sucks is that now that I'm out and you know I've made videos against the church, now I'm seen as like their enemy. Yeah, know? yeah, so excommunicated. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. like super tough because. I had to make that decision if I wanted to speak out against the church. Mm. If I wanted to bring awareness about yep. this church, I already know what the church is going to say about me. Yep. You know, don't talk to Jordan. You can never talk to him again. He's a follower of Satan now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it was pretty tough, you know, because so many lifelong friends that I've made were yeah. in the church. And now yeah, that's a bummer, man. Yeah, that's a real bummer. They can't, yeah. they can't talk to me. So, he just said something interesting kind of goes back to your question about like, cause what you just brought up, you brought up the, the prophecies, they were making specific prophecies, right? About Armageddon, world war three. Yeah. And they had a time date on them. Didn't they? Was it 2012? Like it's yeah, happening. So, it wasn't a question of maybe it was like, this is right. This is a, yeah. an official prophecy, right? Yeah. So I, it was a thing to where it wasn't like, it wasn't like a core teaching of the church. Where it was like, yeah, 2012, 2012, 2012. It was like subtle hints here and there. Like, yeah, this is like, this is going to be the last year. Like, mostly, mainly like the leaders. The leaders were the ones who, the, who were, were the ones who knew, like, for sure, like, 2012 is the end. But like for the the newer members, the the younger the younger members in faith, um, they were they weren't really taught about 2012, but they were always given those little hints. Yeah, like, yeah, the you know, father's about to come. You know, even this year, 2012, this year, it may be the year, like, yeah. you know, something like that. So, but yeah, for sure, for sure, um, 2012 was a thing in, yeah. the, in the church. 
of course they're going to deny it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I've seen countless, I've seen situations where members were selling their cars, were maxing out credit cards, were emptying out savings accounts, um, creating their jobs so they can preach 24 hours. Yeah. You know, and this was this was around the 2012 time frame because yeah. they were being taught that it was going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I I saw all this stuff and it affected myself as well because I was in high school. I was playing I was playing football. I was a football player in high school, and the summer of 2012 was when I actually had quit. I had quit playing football, and the pastor of the LA church allowed me to start going evangelizing. So that's why I quit football because I was able to start going out preaching and recruiting people. So I, during the summertime when I was, you know, when I should have been at football practice, you know, preparing for the football season, I was out like two, three, four hours north in Fresno trying to start like a house church. Um, for like a week at a time, I would be helping trying to start start it up, like preaching and recruiting. Um, but yeah, I mean that that was a that was a big thing, you know, trying to get as many members in the church as possible. Because again, if you didn't bear any fruit, you know that was that was something that was detrimental. Yeah. If you didn't if you didn't bring any people and if you didn't make any recruits, and you were looked at as a bad tree, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, even like uh, I've. Known, I've known people in the church who could not bear fruit, who could not recruit anybody, and they really messed with their psyche. Their psyche, like, really? they were, they were like panicking. Like they had, you know, they were they were so scared because they wanted to be able to present father and mother with wow. the fruit yeah. that they born. You know, so it was it was really it was really um, a really tense time, mm-hmm. especially especially at the end of 2012. It was really really tense. Um, this, the whole sanctuary of the uh, LA church was like almost full of people who wanted to go preaching when it's usually like not even a quarter of the sanctuary full. Like it, it was crazy. So many people were trying to go out to recruit people. Again, people were quitting their jobs. It was, it was insane. It was, wow. it was crazy. <laughs> so I think the reason I brought that up is really to go back to Jesse's question about like reasons why people should leave and just about the like that is another big thing. Even though, you know, like you said, they'll try to deny it, but I've heard that from multiple sources and um, that this church was very specifically teaching, you know, the end of the world, prophesying basically. And, you know, you look in the Old Testament, where, where is it in, in, in the Old Testament, in, in, the, in Deuteronomy or something where it gives the standards for a... Deuteronomy 18 or something? It, it, somewhere where it gives yeah, the standard of like a false, prophecy. false and true yeah. prophet and it talks about if, if somebody makes a prophecy and it doesn't come to pass like right. they're not of God and you can just discredit everything they're saying basically and so right. like if if members could just see like that what you're saying is true like you're not just making this up and I've heard this from other no. people the, the World Mission Society Church of God was teaching their members that the end of the world was coming in 2012 yeah. whether they're and doing it, was, it, through... it was funny it was funny that um, one of the one of the feasts that we uh-huh. had um, the pastor in LA he was uh, <laughs> saying the closing prayer or the opening prayer or was, he was saying a prayer right and he actually threw it in his prayer. It was in 2012. He threw it in his prayer, and I don't think I think 
some people noticed, but he said on this last uh, day of Pentecost, on this last, uh, okay. like, it was going to be the last like, one. Like, this is it. Yep. So, you know, I'm, 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 sitting, I'm sitting there praying, and I opened my eyes like, did anybody else hear that? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, that's a... Like, you just... Yeah. He just threw it out there, and I'm like, okay. And then some members would talk about it after the service, like, yeah, this is going to be it. This is it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find that? Yeah, Deuteronomy 13. I was close. I was just yeah, five chapters close, away. Yeah. yeah, go ahead and read that. <laughs> Yeah, if a prophet or a dreamer of dreams arises among you and gives you a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder that he tells you comes to pass, if he says, let us go after other gods, which you have not known, and let us serve them, you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God is testing you to know whether you love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice and you shall serve him and hold fast. Uh, but that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty severe. The um, Yeah, the, the consequences of giving, yeah. A false prophecy. Yep. So, yeah, that's just another, man, just another really clear, like, reason why. It's just like, really, if, if you stop like you've done, you've been able to do and just really start thinking for yourself about these things. You can see like, there's no way this church is true or of God. Um, it, there's just too many blatant issues like that, that, that can't be, you know, they can deny, but they're there. Um, so here's another question I had that I'm curious to get your perspective on is your experience in the church the Bible's very explicit. It's very clear. Getting forgiveness, having salvation, is something that is given as a gift. It's by grace alone, through faith alone. I'm just curious, from your uh, perspective, being in, involved in the church, do you feel like the atmosphere, the culture of that group is one of grace and, and like salvation is a free gift, or is it like a works-based system? So they say that it's by grace. Um, many times, many times in um, the pastor in LA's church's sermons, he would say, oh, other people say that, you know, the Walmart Society Church of God, you have to do a lot of work in order to be saved. But he would say, he's saying or something like, oh, we don't, we don't really have to do anything because God did everything for us. You know, all we have to do is keep the Passover. You know, that's like, what that's, just keep the commandments of God, like the, the peace of God and the Passover, and you're, you'll, you'll be good. Um, but of course, in between the lines of, you know, being being a hardcore member like I was, and like many others were, you know, it was, I did a video, I did a video um, on my, on my channel, the last video I had made, it was about a, it was, on a, it was about a prayer list that, you know, there's, there's a prayer list from the church that basically lists off what type of sins there are. So you have to, so basically this prayer list shows that, you know, it, it basically shows the, the types of sins that the, that the church considers a sin. For one example, it is a sin to desire sleep. Wow. So 
Wow. If you're tired and you would like to sleep, it is a sin to actually want to get some rest. Um, another one is it is a sin to have a boyfriend slash girlfriend, you know? So, and then the list is like 50 deep. It's like 50 deep. So even by just looking at the list from the actual, from the church, you can see it's not really by grace. You know, they teach it as by grace, but really it's not because there's so many restrictions that, you know, the church members are, are put on. You know, they can't really go out, have fun, have a good time with their friends. You can't really, like, associate yourself with the world. You can't do a lot of things because if you do, then you have all those sins on you. And, of course, the church teaches that, you know, you cannot have any sin. You have to be perfect in order to become part of the 144,000, you know? If you want to become a part of the 144,000, then you have to be perfect. You cannot have any of these sins, you know? So, for sure, like, even another example could be, like, let's say, if you didn't go out preaching. If you didn't go out recruiting, it was, you were looked down upon. Yeah. You know? You weren't kind of bear fruit. Yeah. If you didn't bear fruit, like I mentioned earlier, then that looks really bad. You're a bad tree. Yep. And then they show that, that verse in, in um, I think it's John or Matthew, um, that, yeah, I'm pretty sure you know the verse, that God will end, will eventually um, throw the bad branch, the bad tree into the yeah. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bear fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, so if that's what they taught. It's yeah. like, if you can't bear fruit, then you're a bad tree. If you're a bad tree, then you get thrown into the fire. Yeah. You know, so, I mean. What's, what's interesting to me is, and that's what I keep coming across listening to different members' testimonies is that aspect of preaching and how really like like we focus we focus a lot in our videos about on Sabbath, Passover, stuff like that, and kind of trying to show from the Bible why like it's just clear the Bible like the New Testament has freed us from that those requirements. But uh, yeah. but actually preaching the gospel is is one of like the main works it seems like that are like required to earn salvation and i don't know you probably recognize this book i'm guessing okay uh somebody sent us this um and i just i've started reading I'm, i want to read through the whole thing and start reading through some of these and um to hopefully get more in, in in tune with how members think but this is something he says right in the opening of the the chapter uh, of this book uh, this is Ju Chol Kim. Um, so he says, God has taught us three ways to live. Just as our body maintains life by breathing, eating, and acting, so our spirit can live when it breathes through prayer, eats the spiritual food, the words of God, and acts through preaching. So right there at the beginning, he's basically saying, here's the three ways God has given yeah. us to have eternal life. And one of those is through preaching. Like, so he's basically, he's just saying straight up, like you have to preach to get eternal life. And then you have like (laughs) the new Testament that's saying, no, you're saved by grace through faith. That's it. Apart from any works. It was, it was, was, um, very clear, clearly implied that if you didn't, if you didn't have the desire to preach, then you were indirectly like killing souls in a way. Wow. The way there, because the way their logic is, you have every opportunity with whoever you meet. You have the opportunity to, to show them about God the Mother. You know, so, and if you don't, if you miss that opportunity, then the church says that, oh yeah, you just, you just, you're just gonna let him die. Mm, you wow. know, you're just gonna, you're not gonna. What a guilt trip! Yeah. You know? So they're thinking, 
Yeah, it's a guilt trip. It's really a guilt trip because then you would have people, you have members in a church, like they're at the grocery store and they're right next to someone in line, you know, and they're trying to preach to them about God the Mother or you're in school or something and you're trying to preach to your classmate right next to you, you know, something like that. And, yeah. You know, in the most, in the most inopportune times, the most, uh, like the, not the greatest settings for trying to preach someone the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> you would see that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The That's interesting. Because they have that guilt trip inside of them. Like, yeah. If I don't preach to them, if I don't preach to mm. them, then yeah. their blood is going to be on my hands. Basically. Right. Mm. That's how it is. So obviously, so I could ask you like, so I could say where I sit, where Jordan sits, right? We, uh, like when Jesus says, who do, who do you say that I am? You know, right. And they all say, well, they all say this. And he says, no, who do you say I am? And Peter confesses that you're, you're the Christ, you're the son of God. And he blessed, yeah. you know, blessed are you. The father's revealed this to you. Uh, so we believe Jesus, right. He's the only one with the words of life. We have peace in him and um, uh, security in Christ and his sacrifice. So I'm asking as a, was there ever a moment when you were in this church that you were like, I'm set. I love the Lord. He loves me. I'm so good. No, no. no. <laughs> yeah, man. So it was, would you say mostly you were operating out of fear? Man, I hope yeah. I make it. For sure. For sure, yeah. Wow. It was always, um, they, they said in the church, they always told the members, like, don't ever, like, they literally said, don't ever think that you're set. Like don't ever, don't ever think that. Uh, the words. And they would show a verse. They would show a verse in the Bible. I forgot which one it is, but it's in the it's in the New Testament, um, where it says, "Be careful to think that you're that basically you're sad. Like your your faith is good, because then at that point that you're easy to fall away. Basically, huh. it was something along those lines. Um, but yeah, that's, that was a mentality of the members. Like, don't ever think that you're set in your faith. Don't ever think that you can't do more for, yeah. for, for father and mother, right? Yep. Father and mother. Um, <laughs> and wow. You're always trying to, you know, get, always try to, like, receive lessons. Wow. The uh, cleaning, cleaning the church, going out preaching, um, just really doing any, like, buying food for the church, you know? So it was... It was like, if you didn't do any of those things, then you were like, yeah, this guy's not going either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you have Jesus Jesus saying, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Uh, because my burden is easy, my yoke is light. And you have the World Mission Society saying, come to me, and all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'm, I'll put a couple more bricks on your back to carry and, and add a couple yeah. more things in your hands to, to make you yeah. feel more miserable and more guilty and more hopeless and yeah. man I think and they would say they would say that oh yeah uh, we should do it because uh, when God came a second time when I was at home came a second time he set the example for us you know yeah. Yeah. Would, they said he preached endlessly for 37 years he fasted you know for 7 days and leave his wife yeah, you're like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, sorry, low blow, but it's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, true. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 what they say. Like, yeah, God came into the earth in the human flesh. Yeah, you know, one hundred percent. So, what excuses do we have? You know what? So we should have no excuse to say like, oh, I can't go preaching today. Yeah, you know, whether you're yeah. sick, whether you're you're feel like. In whatever circumstance, you should have the desire to yeah. go recruit and save people. 
um, I want to ask you this because I've said this. We've run into them a few times. We literally just last night had a guy that was uh, at the church we were hanging out asked us because he has been running into them at the college campus here. And he's so we were giving him advice on how to love them, but talk to them. And uh, I said this and I want to test it with you. So if you need to just tell me I'm wrong on air, that's okay. Um, (laughs) Every guy I've talked to, it seems like it's a template. When I say something, they yeah. come back with register to yeah. this verse, this yeah. verse, this verse. Um, if I challenge yeah. that, it's let's move on. So would you say yep. most guys and women that are out there evangelizing, it's not that they're just like so in love with the word. It's that they have it memorized solid that they know how to combat yeah. each answer or question. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it gets to that point where at first, you know, you do, you do body evangelizing, you know, for you know, with that earnestness, like, yeah. you know, I really want to save souls. But then, of course, you get into some of those heated arguments sometimes. And it's like a script, almost, you know, reading off a script, with, like you had mentioned. Like, it's like a template, exactly. Yeah. Like, all the members, we we have what's called, like, course classes, almost. But that's, that's, that's pretty much what it is. Like, it's like a, it's a class, basically, how to dispute you know certain questions and disputing certain questions with you know answers like only one type of answer that everyone kind of like memorizes right you know memorizes and study so yeah it's that's that's basically how it is like you just hit it you hit the head on the nail okay uh the nail on the yeah you <laughs> i got you <laughs> yeah no i just uh because we we noticed that we would uh to be honest even we we didn't know it at the time but the guy i had met with some guys at the river here in the city and they one of them me and him went at it for a while in a loving way but it was i was enjoying it because i love the word so i was just kind of throwing some stuff back at him and um he met up with us again and he brought somebody and this guy knew his stuff man he walked through everything we found out later he's the deacon um but even him i feel like we we would stop him in the middle of his spiel and drawing and question something and there's just i just remember a couple times he kind of just looked at us i i know i i hope his heart is good but yeah he kind of looked at us like we were stupid but he never had an answer he would just kind of like look at us like what kind of question is that and then he'd kind of move on yeah. Yeah, and so I just remember, yeah. and even in that, I was like, man, he—it was so weird. Yeah. He knew the word. Uh, he was flipping back and forth, but yet when it was something as simple like uh, the Sabbath or Colossians and stuff like that, it was just like he was yeah. just almost annoyed. Like, why would you do this? Yeah. <laughs> why would you challenge yeah, yeah. me? No, I can I can recall a few times where um, when I wasn't as well versed and someone would throw me off my rhythm because it's kind of like a rhythm type thing when they're, right. they're preaching out like it's the same verses over and over and uh-huh. over it's you're saying the same like the same exact words like almost robotically um and yeah a couple of times i would get thrown off my rhythm i'm like really like let me continue let me finish right yeah. through the and then you can ask your questions <laughs> But, uh, so, yeah. so yeah, that, that's exactly how it Last one, I no, no, you take you, it from here. You take, you say whatever you want. So I want to know, cause like we've said, so we've already made this clear. I'll say it one more time. People in this church, we believe that their, their heart is sincere. Um, they really believe they have the truth and I give them kudos. Cause if I, you know, like you should be telling people if you have the truth, um, We've also run into some bad apples. We've run into some, we've yeah. been, we and some brothers have been treated very rude. I just heard that 
a member of the church and a guy at the college campus got in a shoving match over evangelism. And, and I know that's not the norm. I would like yeah. to know, though, I feel like I'm hearing the different talk, though. When it comes to, like, say, guys like us who, like, we really, like, we want to talk, like, let's study and we want to continue to meet because we believe they have it wrong. What's it like behind the scenes in the church to people like us, like in the church to people who who are loving, who really want to talk to you, but like you had said, you were so like, there's no way I'm wrong. So they're obviously yeah. wrong. I'm curious, was that was the speaking healthy even from the leaders? Were they healthy with how they would talk to the followers about how to treat people like us? Or was it more like, we're getting We're it. idiots, we're going to yeah. hell, we're following Satan. Yeah. No, I, I know exactly how you guys are. Uh, I'm using my mind from the church, from when I was in the church. Gotcha. They would, they would say that you guys you guys are um, almost like, um, they would just lately say false prophets. Right. Like, if, if, you knew, if you knew your stuff, like I know you guys know your stuff. And if you two were going out <clears throat> and you had encountered a member of the church, and you guys will be going back and forth, then after you guys conclude your conversation, then the two who are preaching from the church, they'll say, oh yeah, those are false prophets. Yeah. yeah. Like straight up, like yeah. those are false prophets. Yeah. They're straight up just trying to, uh, you know, just find holes yeah. in the truth. Right. You can't find some and, holes in the truth. That's what they, they would say. And in a lot of ways, they're probably saying that to each other really to try to encourage whatever doubts were trying to come up in their own hearts when they realize yeah. oh, this yeah. guy knows his stuff yeah. and he's saying things yeah. I don't know how. So I'm just, oh, he's a false prophet. That's what it is. Yeah, Try to explain it away so they don't have to think about it. Yeah. yeah automatically, if you two gentlemen, I know you guys want yourself to say, yep, false prophet. <laughs> wow. Move on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Don't even try to say <laughs> so let's get to what finally caused you to leave. Like, what was the straw so there, that broke the camel's back? Right. So nice. it was, so I had became a leader, a group leader in the, in the church, in the LA church. So I had about 24, 25 members under me. And as I was beginning my leadership, uh, me being so young, but I've, I've known a lot of the members that were under me for a very long time. Um, so it was pretty, it was cool. Like they didn't have a, a problem with me being a leader or anything like that. Um, but the thing was, the month we so the leaders in the LA church we had one meeting a month all together with the missionary of the church so with not the pastor but with the missionary and basically this meeting was almost like an update of what's going on in our group and that update consisted of attendance who's attending how many times they're attending who's preaching how many times are all your members going preaching um, and who's tithing who's um who's tithing who's not tithing so as we were preparing for one of the for one of the meetings i had asked one of the other leaders who was a deacon i had asked him hey so how are we uh, supposed to know if uh, our members are tithing because we already keep record of attendance and we keep record of who's going to preaching um who's going out recruiting so then he, he just literally told me oh yeah just look in their envelopes Looking at their tiny envelopes to, to yeah. see if uh, they're tiny. So, and in the back of my head, I was like, okay, like, that's kind of weird because, yeah. you know, tithing, which is giving 10% of your income, that's like, that's personal. That's like, that's none of, that should be none of my business. Like, yeah. <laughs> that should be none of my business. Like, that should be only between 
that person and and God. Like that's yeah. to me, I should not have any part of it. Yep. But 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 thinking that, oh yeah, okay, I'm in this leadership position. Um, Father, mother put me in this position for a reason, and these are the procedures that we have to go through in order to um, update the status of our group monthly. So, um, very almost, almost feeling guilty. I had looked in the envelopes. I had, of course, checked off who was tied and who was not. But that always just like really, really gave, it just really put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. That's, that's not something I should be looking at. Like, it was so that kind of planted the seed in my head like this really seems like a business meeting like mm-hmm. we're creating powerpoints we're creating we're making like spreadsheets and a powerpoint presentation to show the missionary like yeah this is the status of our group you know this is how many are going oh, how many are uh, attending and this is the goal for the next month of how many we want to attend right this is the and then we will show again this is the current status of those who are preaching and then next month we have the goal of you know, this many more members that need to go preaching, or this is that's this a good month, business this plan. Much, yeah, this is it. like this month, this, wow. this is how much pe- this is how many people we uh, we recruited, mm. and then the next month we want to double that number. <laughs> you know, we want to meet our, our monthly quota. Right, wow. right. So, so that's that's how the monthly that's how the the meetings went. You know, once a month, and it really put a bad again a bad taste in my mouth. You know, just seeing how. It was like a business behind the scenes because this was only for like the leaders of the church, the most trusted, right? The um, the one, the, the leaders, because they don't just make anyone a leader. They don't make anybody a leader. They they uh, really have to trust you. They really have to know who you are. They have to know that your that your finances are good. They have to know that your you know your family situation is good and, and all. So they trusted us, you know, to 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 basically come up with those monthly quotas and wow. Just, it's crazy. So, so yeah, that happened, and I'd say about a year into being a leader, because what consists of being a leader is that you have to go preaching almost like every day of the week. Um, so we working eight a.m. to five p.m. five p.m. every day. I went straight to church right after work. I would eat dinner after church. I would, I would eat dinner after church, and then right after dinner we would go out preaching, and then. Sometimes we would have meetings after preaching, so I wouldn't get home a lot of times until like 10, 30, 11 o'clock, almost midnight sometimes, you know? So, and I have a wife and I have uh, a son as well, a very young child. So uh, I kind of felt that I was like missing a lot of time with them. Right. It, was, it wasn't really healthy for our, our marriage, yep. and the relationship between me and my child. So slowly, and slowly but surely I stopped going preaching. Um, and... Of course, they started looking at me different. Like, oh yeah, he's he's kind of like slipping away a little bit. That's, that's how they, they would say. Like, we have to reel him back in a little bit. So, yeah, I stopped going. I stopped going preaching, and then I had also stopped like giving tithes as well. I had stopped tithing. So by this point, when I had stopped tithing, then like, I completely got demoted from being a group leader. <laughs> huh, <laughs> like, oh, you're not tithing anymore. <laughs> All right, wow. you're done. <laughs> wow. So yeah, your your status in God's kingdom is dependent on how much money you're yeah. giving and exactly. wow. And at that point when I had stopped giving money to the church, I had noticed like like the higher up Korean members would look at me a funny way as like a certain way, you know, they give me yeah. like a certain type of look, like, Yeah, I know you ain't giving you know you're not giving any more money to the church, like uh, wow. and then and then during like the the autumn feast time, 
like the Feast of Trumpets, uh, Day of Atonement, Feast of Tabernacles. I just stopped. I just stopped going. Like once, one it was one of those feasts where I just didn't show up. I just didn't show up at all. Um, one because during those feasts you're required for like seven days. Seven straight days you're supposed to go five a.m. and uh, seven thirty, I believe. So every single day, and I was like, man, this is like, this is just wearing on me, like mentally. Yeah. Um, being stressed out, you know, working every day and then going to church right after and then waking up super early in the morning to go to church. Like, yeah, it just wasn't it's just it just wasn't healthy. Mentally. And you can see it in a lot of members and a lot of the members too. like they'll be like mentally and physically, they'll look worn out. Like mm. you see bags under their eyes and just like sleep deprived. It was it was crazy. And I just had stopped going, and every single every single piece of information I had locked inside uh, inside of my head, it all just came rushing forward. Like it just started making sense. Everything I, I had seen online, everything, and seeing how the church was being ran by it, like like the business. Yeah, you know, everything just just started to make sense, and I was like, yeah, this is. It was it was difficult too because I, I can't even remember exactly what I was thinking because Oh yeah, I can't imagine. I was I was, I was like a part of this thing for fifteen years. Like it was a part of it was like it was it's who you were into me, you know? You yeah, know? It yeah. was like it was like a part of me, like a part of me I just had to like just rip off like a like a band yeah. you know? Yep. And it was I'm tough glad you did. Already, I, <laughs> and it was tough because I knew I was like, Yeah, I'm not most of my lifelong friends I'm not going to be able to see again mm. <laughs> I'm not going to be able to talk to again and my grandmother who was a deaconess she was probably going to freak out you know <laughs> she was going to freak out some type of way thinking that I'm going to go to hell you know yeah. so because so with that like again say like say something to because there's there's members who are maybe who are on different levels of that same process that you were going through. There's right. some who are like, they have, they're just about to start this process. There's some who are in the middle. There's some who are at the end and they're still, you know, maybe even some who are like years out, but they're still struggling with anxiety yeah. and like fear and, and <laughs> doubts. And so I guess, what would you say to encourage them? And I know this is kind of maybe a lot to ask, but just to encourage those who are just struggling with that anxiety and like, like, it's it's a it's a paradigm shift really it's like your whole right. yeah it, it literally is like part of yourself you're having to say goodbye to yeah exactly it was like a complete 180 complete 180 um what i would say is i mean me personally my kind of like i kind of went into a stage where i didn't like really talk to anyone for a few months straight um besides my wife and you know my son and um, I didn't. I just didn't want to talk to anyone. But personally, my therapy was just doing as much research as I could, you know, to to validate that right. you know this this church is not the truth. Because yeah. if you have that mentality, or a little bit of the mentality that this church could be the truth, then you're going to be thinking to yourself, "Oh, I'm disobeying God right now. Yeah. I've left the church. I've looked online. That means I'm going to." I'm going to go to hell and I'm going to burn, you know, forever. Yeah. So to kind of like erase that, that thought process, I kind of just did. So I did a lot of research. Yep. I, I did everything I could to just learn 
learn about like all the the fallacies, you know, the, the negative things about the church, what they lied about. It just that was my therapy, and then, and just validating, you know, the reason why why I had left. Yeah, she know? said so you will. That's the best. You will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And so that yeah, that's yeah. great. So basically, you're just saying like to those people, whatever spectrum you're on, just like keep pressing forward into looking into this actually objectively look at what is true about this and the more you do that the more you're going to see is that you have nothing to worry about because this church is false there's just if you actually look at the evidence it's false there's no question about it yeah Yeah. we should we should have um, really nothing to worry about really i mean everything everything that is everything that, that i've seen um, researching about the church online, it's it's been backed up with you know evidence and you know the stories are consistent. You know, if I, there's not really a video of a former member that you can say that they're lying, really, because we've all gone through the same exact thing. Yeah, you know, no matter if we've been in New Jersey, we've, uh, Los Angeles, Seattle, it's we've all been going through the same exact thing. So yeah. it's really it really kind of sucks that the church tries to say that we're lying about our experience because yeah. How yeah. can, like, did, like all of us former members who made videos, we didn't just collaborate. Yeah. Together and yeah. Collaborate. yeah. What are we going to say? What are we going to say about the church this time? Yeah. Like, no, yeah. That didn't happen. Yeah. yeah. And people know that who are watching, I think, who are obviously yeah. members. Yeah. Like, even at the beginning, when you were naming those, I never heard those 13 things. So, like, even the yeah. beginning, like, I know for a fact, members who are watching this are going to be like, okay. There's no way he would have known that. Like, that's insane. Yep. Yeah. That's um, and just to encourage yeah. anybody who's watching now, I know they the church says it's a sin to get on. It's a sin. I just these are Paul's words in his oh, first yeah. letter to the Thessalonians. He says, uh, "Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil." Hmm. So Paul's advice at the end of this letter, he's encouraging them. God has sanctified you. All this stuff. Test everything so like there is nothing biblically that says it's a sin to test the word of god if you are on the truth you should be able to withhold somebody challenging you like it should stand and that's like so so like to members like you just heard jordan a former member telling you what you should be doing is testing the church and now you have paul's telling you the same thing so like as far as commands of God go, like this is pretty clear. Like yeah. you could say this is a command. Yeah. Test everything. Yeah. God is yeah. not a God who wants us to just blindly leap into some dark place. Like even when Jesus was on the earth, he was constantly saying, look, I'm doing these signs so that yeah. you may believe. He didn't just say believe and then take your brain and toss it to yeah. the trash can and don't ever think right. about about this. You know, the whole the whole way the resurrection of christ happened was set up so that it was evidential in nature so that it so that the disciples could go and say look you guys know like you can go and test this for yourself it wasn't like yeah don't go look because we know there's 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 no basis here so if you go digging around you're going to find you know you're gonna find skeletons in the basement (laughs) it's at the end of the gospel at the end of the gospel of john is we wrote these things so that you might believe yeah like it's not so yeah exactly. it's not that might man my heart goes out right now i just can't imagine you know when it's your part of your life and then the people who you're looking up to your leaders are telling you don't go online you sinner like i can't imagine like that would be scary and i it, i can't imagine you you know you're researching and you probably are feeling that crazy guilt like oh what am i doing i'm just as bad as adam and eve and um yeah, yeah. so i just i hope whoever's ever watching this is can feel encouraged in this moment you watching this and you testing this is actually the call of God to test things and to, to see if it's the right. truth. Yep. 
So real quick, I know you got to go soon. Um, I want to ask, and I'm not, I, I don't want to give out, I won't give out this member's name, um, but, but we asked specifically a member when we're sitting down having a conversation in a coffee shop, and we asked, what, what happens to the World Mission Society Church of God? What happens to your faith if John Gil-Jaw, this, this woman, dies? Or, or not, not if, yeah. and for us it's like when, like she's going to die. Yeah, <laughs> so it's like yeah. when. And he told us and, uh, that, well, it's, it's not true. Like that proves that the church is false. That proves like it's all over basically. Yeah. Obviously yeah. we know when that happens, they're going to, they're going to do something. They're going to say, oh, well she, yeah, but, but I'm wondering like what, what was as for you as a member, did that ever cross your mind? Did people talk yeah, about like, that? Did you have like a, was there a backup plan for when that happens? No, yeah, that, that mostly, most definitely crossed my mind. And I've had like one or two conversations with other members, like, yeah, what if she does die? Like, but of course, it was automatically shut down. Like, no, it's you know impossible. She's got or whatever. But I already know that for sure when she does, when she does come to die, because she's getting up there in age. She's almost like eighty years old, um, and she's very. From what I've heard, she's pretty like uh, her body's wearing down on her. So it's going to happen sometime soon. Um, but when it does happen, I know one hundred percent that they're going to come up with some crazy reason, yeah. Yeah. you know, trying to use the Bible. Like, they're probably going to say something along the lines of, um, you couldn't change fast enough for mother. Like, yeah, don't blame it on I figured, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, blame it, they'll blame it on the numbers. Trying to, yeah, to which is crazy because um, I don't know if you know much about Jehovah Witnesses, but Jehovah Witness, the Watchtower has multiple failed prophecies, and a, a good amount of them I think they blame the church. Your faith wasn't good enough, you weren't ready. Like, so there's always a way to throw it on them. That's what they're gonna say for sure. Yeah, like, I can already see it happening. <laughs> yeah, man, sad. Well, um, yeah, I think we, we want to let you go. I know you want to get to your family and. And so I just want to say, like, man, how glad I am that you get to go enjoy a movie with your wife. Yeah. Which is something that oh, yeah, sure. you probably, like, members aren't really, can't relate to a lot of that. Like, you just yeah. get to go hang out and watch a movie. And, uh, and I just think, too, of, like, the New Testament where, like, <laughs> I was just thinking during this conversation, a challenge to members is, like, how many times do you ever see Paul or Peter or James telling the believers to go out and evangelize like it's kind of a weird thing like you know ne- that yeah. they're never saying that they're just saying like live as lights in the world obviously they're saying like live a quiet peaceable life things like that like right. do work with your hands um so like the biblical way is like there are people who are called to go out and specifically preach and and yeah. we're not denying that but like overall like this burden that they put on members to where they can't even go out and enjoy life like right. you are yeah. Like I just feel burdened for people, and I feel so glad that you get to leave this conversation and yeah. just go do that without yeah. the pressure of like, man, this movie's gonna send me to hell. I better really enjoy it, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, so, sure. yeah, um, yeah, um, yeah. And then just just kind of as the final thing, I guess, and then I'll let you share whatever final thoughts you have. Is I just want to encourage you, um, and I know we both want to say is that. To, to, to you and to other members who have come out with your experiences that, man, I can't imagine how hard it is to even think about God, to think about the Bible. And so I get that. But I would just say like what you already know is that the World Mission Society Church of God is not Christianity. And th- that does not reflect what Jesus truly uh 
taught. And, uh, and it's yeah. just interesting. You look at the history, like Jesus was on this earth. He died, he rose again. I think evidentially there's just yeah. no denying. That's something you can go dig into all you want, and you're going to only find that the Bible lines up with reality. And so, yeah, I just encourage you. Like, I don't think what your experience is, like, out of God's hands. I just I think there's great and good things that he has planned for you still. And so I'm just encouraged that you're out. I'm encouraged to hear your your humble heart in all this. Yeah. And, and um, I don't get it all that you're just bitter toward the church or members even you're right. just you just want to help right. people so yeah, exactly. yeah i appreciate that <laughs> yeah it's great man awesome so yeah any last words you'd want to say to members uh, well i um if for any current members uh, watching this i again like it's probably been said throughout this video many times but this is um you know i'm obviously not lying about my experience Many of these other members are not lying. We're not trying to speak negative. We're not trying to bring you down or anything like that. You know, we just want to make sure that you're aware that the church is doing, you know, some of these types of negative things in the, in the background and in the, uh, behind the scenes. And pretty much all they want is your time and your money. The most, you know, two of the most important things that, you know, that it is to a human being. You know, yeah. we don't want to lose those things because it's needed to survive. Yep. <laughs> it is, yeah. Needed for survival, you know, for for your good mental health. Yep. So just for your mental health, for for your sanity, for your family, you know, just really look into you know the really look into the details in this video and other videos as well, and just really really weigh your options and seeing if you really want to continue in, a, in an organization like this. Yep, it's good, That's man. good. Yeah, great. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for taking the time sure. to do this, and tell your wife thank you from us. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Enjoy the movie. I'm I'm actually hoping to see that soon. I'm curious how it is. Hopefully, it's funny. <laughs> For sure. All right. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Thanks, sir. Talk to you later. Good night. Bye. Um. So yeah. We're going to keep going for a minute, if that's okay with you. You can try to get up if you want to just stop. Oh, so, oh sorry. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> it shows we're not perfect. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, first I want to say, like, I feel like I was shouting through that whole video. So, for you, I don't know. Like, I had to talk loud to make sure he was hearing. So, if I sound like I'm I'm yelling, that's why. Well, I can't hear it, but this ear's yeah, now. Like, you can't uh, hear it. Do I need to say that again? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was really calling you names. And stuff, but, um, so I had a couple things. I just want to make yeah. sure I hit here. Um, uh, let's see. So one one thing is, man, we keep saying it. I would love if a member, somebody who's still in the church, what you know, whether you're on the verge of leaving or you're like deep into it, mm. like, will you please email us and would you do a video like that with us? Um, we. Again, like we, if if anything, what that video did, it just made me feel more compassion and love. So yeah. there's in no way do we want to just get on and have like a debate and try to prove you wrong. That's not at all. Like I would just love to talk to you and just kind of hear your point of view. Like what is it that's even after maybe hearing an interview like this or hearing some of the videos we've made, like what, what makes you decide to remain in the church? And so if there's anybody who's brave enough, I know it, it would be a difficult thing. And so um, it would be... Uh, yeah, it'd be a big deal if you'd do that. Um, if you'd be willing to come on and just talk, talk with us about these things. Um, would you think that'd be a good idea? Yeah, I think it'd be great. And we could even do a, uh, if you wanted to email us and just to make sure, I can't blame you. I'm sure it'd be easy to think, oh, they'll just get me on air and they'll record me and they'll try to trip me up on my words. 
Uh, we won't do that. We could even set a, we could boundaries, send you, yeah. yeah, boundaries or even do a template of like, hey, here's five things we want to talk about. These are the templates and then we'll just ask you. And, uh, but we really mean that. Like we, yeah, we, we love you guys. Um, if we, if we got you on a video and tried to trip you up, then we'd be hypocrites. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, and then also I just wanted to say as a side note, not a kind of a side note, but also in reply to so many comments I get all the time. And one of the first things that members will say is I'll go to, you know, obviously, uh, what we talk about all the time, Saturday service, and, yeah. and they'll accuse me of, um, you know, we're, we're attending Sunday, and Sunday's you know a pagan holiday, holiday or pagan day. So what I want to just tell you is that I just came from Saturday service, the the community that we, yeah. the main church community that we function in, like the 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 main service really yeah. is on Saturday night, and so I say that sort of humorously, but also just to tell you, like you guys keep saying like, oh well, you keep. You keep yeah. service on Sunday, and and Saturday is the, the right day to do it. Well, we actually attend church on Saturdays is, yeah. is one of the main um, services in our community. So yeah. that's kind of a side thing. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, I just want to say that, um, yeah, I so appreciate Jordan coming on and doing this and so appreciate his bravery really because I know uh, there's so much fear built into this group where for members who have left, we're talking to many different people who are yeah. just ha are carrying this baggage of fear of like, man, are these guys going to sue us? Are they going to attack us? And uh, man, that just says, first off, like we've, we've talked about yeah. this, like that says so much about this yeah. church that members who leave have to be afraid of the retaliation of the World Mission Society Church of God. Like if you leave there and you start speaking out against it in any way, they are going to attack you. Yeah. Um, and that is so unchristlike. That's so yeah. against everything that Jesus taught us to be like and to, to the way to treat our, you know, he says to love your enemies, do good to those who, who persecute you. For those who are speaking against you, he says, just bless them. If somebody curses you, he doesn't say sue them or curse them back. He says, return that curse with a blessing. Return it with blessing and with favor and, and doing good to them. And so why, why if, if you're a member of the church, why is it that your organization is not following that? Um, and so I just say, if, if you are kind of, if you can relate to Jordan's story and any part of it, if, if you're coming out, um, we just want to say like, we do these videos in the hopes that um, we're not just getting people to leave the World Mission Society, Church of God. Like that is not our, our end goal isn't just to get you to leave. Our hope is that you come to realize that Jesus yes. is the truth. Like we're trying to get people to yes. go to Jesus and we're, our encouragement would just be for those of you who are having a similar experience to Jordan is just to realize again, kind of what, what we're just saying is that the World Mission Society, Church of God, and the, the things you experience and or you might have experienced in that group does not define what Christianity really is and is really meant to be. And so if you have a horrible taste in your mouth for the experience from the experience you had in the World Mission Society Church of God, maybe it makes you not even be able to look at the Bible yeah. without this distaste and, and like, man, I could never yeah. go back. Just know that whatever those feelings are, whatever that distaste is, doesn't it's not actually this. Like that's like these blinders that have yeah. been put over you that just need to be <coughs> taken off yeah. by Jesus. And he can do that. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's good. And I'll just kind of say too, like, like kind of like uh, in John six, where 
that Jesus said, was saying these hard things to the disciples. And he said, uh, you know, he said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. So that bothered the disciples. It was weird. It was different. It was confusing. It didn't make sense. And it made them want to leave Jesus to say like, this is, I'm, I'm done with that. Like that's a, that was a weird experience and I don't want to go back to that. But what Jesus said, are you guys going to leave too? Are you going to like, is this experience going to leave? cause you to completely abandon me like it's good for you abandon the world mission society i don't know why i'm pointing this abandon this you know abandon the world mission society church of god abandon zonggil jaw abandon all that that is but i think jesus would ask you are you going to go away from me like is that going to lead you to also leave me because you have to do something with the historical person of jesus christ yeah um, Jesus died, but he rose again. Zonggil Jaw is going to die, and she's not going to get back up. Ong Song Hong died, and he's still on his grave. You can go, and if you want to break the law, you can dig up his bones, and they're still yeah. there, rotting away, because he was not Christ. Zonggil Jaw is not God. She will die soon, and she won't rise again, because she's not God. She's a human yeah. being who's lying and deceiving you. Um, and so I say all that to say... Yeah. If you're going away, if you're wanting to leave the World Mission Society Church of God, please don't leave Jesus. Um, let him, yeah. let him uh, teach you the truth about who he is, and it'll take time. Yeah. Right. Like it, it's not gonna, ha it's not gonna be a, it's gonna be hard, but but he will he will help you, and it, like he says, if you seek him, you will find him. You will find the truth about him. Yeah, yeah and I just if I can s sum this up like real quick, just. What comes to my mind and my heart is um, you look at the God of the Bible. You see, um, you see the very first Adam and Eve sin. Um, who's the one that goes out towards them? It's Yahweh. Where are you? Um, who's the one that clothes them better than what they did because they got figs and leaves? It's Yahweh. Yep. Who's the one throughout the Old Testament when Israel keeps going away, keeps being a harlot, and all these things? who keeps drawing them back in. It's the God of the Bible. And then who comes into the world, into the suffering, into the sin, goes low, washes the feet of his disciples, including the one who is gonna betray him. It's Yahweh. So it's just like the God of the Bible wants a relationship. He wants a healthy relationship. There's a reason we're called children of God. And it's not an abusive type of relationship. It's a, he loves us. Um, John and the Gospel of John, you know, who's the, the disciple whom Jesus loved, laying on Jesus's bosom, mm -hmm. laying on his bosom, just they ha anyways. And then he comes, sorry, last thing, <laughs> coming to Peter after Peter's denied him on the beach and he's, he just feed my sheep and just loving Peter. You can just see the friendship, the teacher. So my question, uh, my challenge is, um, does this God, I literally just, you can test everything I just said. I just described the God of the Bible. Does this God line up with the God you're used to right now? Um, do you feel loved? Do you feel excited to be in a relationship with the Lord? Uh, do you feel like he actually loves you, uh, draws near yep. to you, and that you can grow in him? And are you excited for his return? Our blessed hope. Are you excited for that? Or are you dreading it in fear like Jordan had said? Um, and yeah, so I just ch challenge this church, get alone, be in the word. And like Jordan said, it's uh, all these things you're hearing um, are lies and shades over your face. It's actually not the word of God. There's a reason that this has stood. There's a reason that people today in universities are having debates over this yep. because it's there. Jesus is a real man. He yep. rose again. And um, through 
you know, I'll, I'll say through persecution in the Middle East right now, people are leaving Islam and finding true life, peace, love, and joy in the man Jesus Christ. Um, just with the Bible. They don't need World Mission Society. They don't need to be told the great mystery. They get handed a Bible and they find Jesus in it. Um, yeah, so. No, that's good. And I would say like, like it's so, con it's gotta be so confusing for those of you who have come out and, and to even like think about what would it even look like to try to continue a relationship with God? Like that has to seem so like big and scary and like, or, or I don't even know what the word would be. Just like, like, I don't want that. Like, I don't even know how to process that. And I, like, I, I understand that. Like, I understand why you'd feel that way. But then I'd also just almost say as a word of encouragement, sort of what you were saying, like, I, there's a reason that the things you were believing in and walking in, like there was a, I think you were so convinced of it and you were so passionate about it. And in many ways, because you've, you sense like the air of, of truth that was coming from it. The problem is it was just being twisted in such a way that it was no longer truth. But I think deep down, I think you know that this has something to it. There's something to it. And again, all we're trying to say is we really, really want to encourage you guys that you would not, don't abandon the word of God, don't abandon God, don't abandon Jesus because of, because of these people, because of this this group that has come and stood in front of it and and uh, distorted and twisted yeah. this this stuff, um, because yeah. Jesus is He is the way, the truth, and the life. And and I promise you, if you seek Him, you'll you'll yeah. discover that you'll you'll find that the things that your heart longed for, as you are in this group, your heart was longing and searching for God. There's there's a reason you were yeah. you were involved in it and staying in it is because deep down God's made He has made us in His image, yeah. one image. One single image, a male yeah. image too, not not two images. He's God has made us in His image, and so internally we know there's a God, and we know we we want to have a relationship with Him. He wants to have a relationship with us, and so you still, even if you're walking away from the the World Mission Society Church of God, you still know that deep down. And so I just encourage you: don't harden yourself against that. Don't push that down. Don't don't run away from that. Um, but just seek seek the truth. Just and it's as simple as just simple prayer just saying yeah. god you i'm so confused right now that i don't even want to pray to you right now i'm so confused like and, and all the stuff i've been through i guarantee you he knows what you're feeling and he sympathizes with it um i don't want to keep dragging on but you think yeah. of like mary and martha and lazarus and you see jesus weeping because yeah. of of this experience that was there these this pain and this turmoil that they were feeling over the death of their brother and so jesus is a merciful and a sympathizing high priest so he's not looking at you like angry and <coughs> condemning you for yeah. for uh, for having spent so much time in, in this group, um, and he's not going to condemn you for yeah. whatever length of process it takes to get back yeah. to a place where you're walking with him. Yeah. Um, he's he's going to be with you patiently, yeah. walking with you every step of the way, and, and he's the one to do the hard work too. He's just he just wants you to yeah. make that humble decision to stay with him in yeah. it. To, and, to and, not run away from them. And and as Jesus followers and me believing this is the divine word of God, I just, even just to brag on our God and compare it to the world mission, I can say, go abide in the word, go pray, go seek the Lord because I believe God on By his yourself, word. Go yes. Yeah. 
and I don't have to hover over you. I don't have to say, don't read that alone. Uh, make sure you come to my group and I'll show you what it says. I don't, my God is bigger than that. My God is bigger than that. He will speak to you through this word and I can trust that. And there's such freedom in that. Like I literally cannot imagine feeling like I have to hover over people to make sure they get it just right and correct everything yep. wrong so they fall into place with yep. World Mission Society. Yep. Like that should say something right there that they have to watch you every step of the way. Yep. It really goes back to what you kind of started off with is just like this, the difference between what this Bible, what God's word really teaches, what Jesus really taught and what this is teaching you, the, the World Mission Society, the difference is, is that this is teaching you God's up here and there's this ladder and it's, if you read this this doctrine, what it's telling you is that you have to make the energy and the effort to hopefully figure out how to climb up this ladder and one day maybe you'll, you'll reach God and then maybe he'll accept you. What this really teaches is that we're down here, helpless and hopeless, we can't do anything and God has climbed down the ladder that we couldn't climb up. He's come down for you when you could do nothing to get up to him. And and that's what he's doing now. That's what he wants to do with you, not just 2000 years ago, you know, in Jesus, that was that was like the, the pivotal moment of him climbing down the ladder to say, hey, I love you, even though you have nothing really to offer. And even though you might not preach enough, you know, or, or keep Sabbath or whatever, that's not the point. The point of this book is that God loves us and we love because he first loved us. Yes. And so God is a God, this Bible teaches about a God who's climbs down the ladder and, and he comes down to get us like uh, Romans five. Um, it's while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. It was while we were weak at just the right time. That's when God said, that's, that's when I'm going to step in and help them. And so, yeah, this, this and this are teaching different things. So if you have a bad taste in your mouth from this, that's understandable. I yeah. get it. Run yeah. away from this. Yes. But don't run away from this because there is truly good news here. Yes. There's true peace. There's true joy, true freedom that you can find in here. And, and again, I, I, I keep coming back to what I feel strongly in my heart is that it's okay if it's a process. It's okay if like this yeah. isn't like a night, like a, an overnight thing where you're like out of the world mission society into uh, continuing to read the Bible and you know just feeling fine about it all. That's it's fine if it's it's a process where little by little, if you stay with God, He will set you free. He will transform you. He will reveal to you the truth about who He is and what 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 truly is peace and joy, the freedom He really wants to give you. 